Welcome to the Capgemini Reinventing Retail podcast. My name is Sara Altai and for this podcast we'll be discussing the circular economy. The conversation around the circular economy is growing and it's becoming increasingly clear that if not adopted, an organization cannot truly be sustainable. But what makes a circular economy so important and how can organizations successfully adopt this way of being? We're joined today by Mark Childs, Natalia Skalud and Sara Mubarak, who will be providing their insights and expertise on the retail and sustainability landscape. Hi, guys. Hi, Sarah. Hi, thank you for having us. Hi, everyone. Great to be here. So a recently published report by the Capgemini Research Institute found that the implementation of sustainability across CPNR is fragmented and that it fails to achieve scale due to a lack of focus on the entire value chain. Why is this failure so damaging? Well, according to the report you just mentioned, Sarah, um, nearly half of the organizations have started to deploy sustainability initiatives across some regions they operate in. Um, But the process is quite uneven when it comes to achieving scale across regions, because it was found that less than a quarter have actually achieved widespread widespread coverage. This is concerning because sustainability, and by that I mean environmental and social, cannot be successful if implemented in silo, whether we're talking geographically speaking, but also from a supply chain perspective. So it really has to be embedded at the heart of the business strategy. From a CPRD sector perspective, that means considering the full life cycle of the product from its creation to its use and disposal and really designing it initially um, with repairing, repurposing or even remanufacturing in mind. So it also means ensuring minimal wastage by carefully considering your sourcing strategy and the provenance of your resources and ensuring that you maximize the value of those resources through circular design thinking. As a reminder, the strategies for enabling the circular economy are fivefold. So we've got reducing, repairing, reusing, refurbishing, and recycling. I just focused on the business perspective, but the five I just mentioned are also applicable to consumers. And speaking of consumers and the reason why it's really, really important for brands to implement tangible sustainability initiatives is that consumers are no longer choosing where to shop based on price, product quality, and brand recognition alone. We're observing a real shift where consumers are making conscious choices based on a brand's commitment to sustainability, with almost 80% of consumers actively changing their preferences based on perceived sustainability, according to the report that was mentioned. All of this has been has been made even more evident by the coronavirus crisis, um, as it has highlighted the vulnerabilities and the interdependencies within our societies around economic inclusion, social responsibility, and environmental friendliness, and the significant impact that companies have on all of those. The crisis has also highlighted the tension between purpose and profit, and it has demonstrated that purposeful companies outperform their competitors on the long run. So if we take this combined with the new frugality and consumer spending that we've been observing in the past couple of months, all of this confirms the belief that sustainable consumption will only be gaining momentum from now. 
The problem is that despite all of this, the report states that only around 36% of organizations believe consumers are truly willing to shift their purchasing preferences. So their resulting efforts to implement sustainability-driven initiatives have been really fragmented and poorly embedded across the organization's value chain. There is, however, one industry that is showing a lot of initiative on the topic. Um, so that's the automotive industry. And you've got organizations like Volvo and Mercedes that are working with a company called Circular, which is a sustainability startup, um, to implement traceability initiatives. And traceability allows retailers to get a comprehensive view of all of the suppliers involved in their supply chain, but it also enables them to identify sustainability pain points and integrate sustainability criteria into the procurement process. Further down the line, this facilitates the disclosure of information about the product to the consumers that are increasingly demanding more information and looking to make better informed decisions about their purchases. So um, consumers and external pressures are asking for the same thing, uh, for product provenance and supply chains to be more transparent. And to drive true sustainability, you have to have full visibility of the end-to-end -end supply chain right back to the very source. However, as we know, retail supply chains can be incredibly complex and are regularly changing. With natural disasters, pandemics, CSR issues and health and safety failures increasingly impacting global supply chains, Mapping that supply chain down through every tier is the only way to fully mitigate a growing burden of risk. It is also the foundational step to begin addressing the environmental and reputational pressures forcing sustainability to the forefront of brand strategies. Improving sustainability within supply chains is paramount to their long-term success. There are several stages of maturity when looking to extend sustainability to the source, starting with the very basic, identifying and mapping the suppliers. Organizations need to identify the critical suppliers by mapping the supply chain network. And this is an incredibly complex, multi-threaded um, journey, because if you think about a single product, it may be that trying to find exactly where the cotton was grown or where the zipper on a jacket came from it could be um, very, very difficult. But to truly get to that level of sustainability, you have to be able to go back, whether that be through tier one, tier two, tier three suppliers and be able to identify who is providing all of those different components. Once you've begun to do that, you can then establish KPIs for those suppliers and vendors and organizations should be able to assist suppliers in arriving at the key performance indicators and providing frameworks for monitoring and sharing progress and ensuring that the whole end-to-end -end is working towards delivering the same KPIs and metrics. Um, then the retailers, they have also have a responsibility to educate their suppliers and work with them to be able to become, I guess, more sustainable in their practices and working with them to drive those opportunities. And then finally, they should be able to reward the progress. So once again, if you're all mapping towards the same KPIs, then organizations should also establish a reward system to encourage that progress made and providing preferred status benchmarks, perhaps credit notes or extending long-term contracts could be some of those rewards. Uh, an aligned relationship a reward system could be paired with auditing and monitoring to secure supplier relationships. And technology can be utilised to help achieve all of this and to achieve sustainability. 
Yes, absolutely. So technology would play a key part in helping organizations achieve sustainability at scale. And, you know, only by doing it at scale can they generate various associated business benefits, such as cost savings, uh, profitability, and even greater customer loyalty. And we're actually increasingly seeing sustainable organizations derive these significant customer-facing and financial benefits. Um, you know, in fact, Unilever is a really great example of this with their sustainable living brands growing 69% faster than the rest of the business and delivering actually around 75% of the company's growth. Now, you know, if you think about this, this is huge. These are huge numbers. And I think it clearly indicates that the appetite, that the, the demand for sustainability is there. But of course, these are just a handful of organizations that are starting to experience these uh, large-scale benefits. And we do need to start thinking about how technology can support organizations to achieve these uh, encompassing benefits in, in an authentic way that actually meets the desires to, today towards more purposeful consumption. Um, and, and to do this, I believe it starts with having clearly defined use cases and how a specific technology can support sustainability across the organization's entire value chain. You know, so from product and service design through to, to sourcing and manufacturing and the day-to-day -day operations, you know, how much water consumption is being used or energy consumption to create a pair of jeans. Um, but then, you know, sustainability, the, the challenge there is that you're not acting alone. So you have to look at the ecosystem of suppliers and partners as well and look at how to Together as a unit, you're moving towards sustainability. We are already seeing organizations do this, though. Yeah, yeah, we are. We're already seeing organizations do this and, and investing across a range of emerging technologies to help drive their sustainability initiatives. And as you know from our recent research, it reveals that executives are planning to increase their investments in technologies such as augmented reality and virtual reality, um, 3D printing and 5G. Uh, the Internet of Things is, is a big one in this in this space, and you know, in particular, artificial intelligence. And I think AI is probably the most versatile technology out there. And so, organizations are really starting to adopt this to to improve their operational, um, uh, reduce operational costs and uh, waste over time. And so, to kind of bring this to life, I think H and M is a really, really nice example where they're using AI to support efficient fulfillment, um, and and doing this by predicting customer orders based on a number of internal and external data sets. So, you know, past purchases, weather conditions, economic factors, and they're using that to help them ship only those orders that consumers do plan to purchase. And so, they're actually optimizing their demand planning, forecasting, and and fulfillment. Um, if you look at IKEA, on the other hand, they're using AI and data analytics to identify the next best possible location for returned items. So, you know, kind of what happens post-consumption or post-use and, you know, how can these items be recycled or resold and, and how does IKEA help facilitate that they're reducing the amount of merchandise that actually ends up in landfills? Um, and then if we look at more logistical waste, we've got Alibaba and they're leveraging AI-based algorithms to determine the best possible route for logistics. And as a result of the, the, this, they've actually been able to reduce their travel distance by roughly 30%. And so that, of course, reduces their, their contribution to carbon emissions. And But I believe the role technology can play in accelerating sustainability can be looked at through or needs to be looked at through both the consumer and the operational perspectives. And so if we take the consumer lens first, technology can serve as a really powerful tool across the entire 
consumer journey. So that is from, you know, increasing awareness, such as using carbon footprint labeling or QR codes to to understand the, the path that that product has taken from raw material through sourcing, through manufacturing to the store shelves, but then also supporting consumers at the point of decision. So how do you make that intent to be more sustainable actually a reality? And, you know, I think we're, we're in a space where we're trying to facilitate circular economy. And, and that requires a mindset shift from the traditional thinking for organizations that once a product has been bought or a service has been consumed, it's, it's no longer their responsibility. And I think organizations need to start understanding what happens once that product is bought and how do you then help consumers to recycle that uh, item efficiently or to dispose of it as best as possible. Um, and so I think, you know, we as consumers, the intent is there. We're trying to make a conscious effort towards being more sustainable. But of course, this is hard to do. And so I think consumers do really need organizations to help encourage them by making these green choices more accessible at that point of decision. And that, you know, that could, that could be on price, that could be on convenience, it could be on visibility. Um, and so this can be done by really making the sustainability of products and services they consume much more transparent to consumers. And so I think Walmart is actually a really, really great example of this. And they're using technology such as blockchain to trace the path of products from raw materials through to store shelves. And in doing so, they're helping assure consumers of responsible sourcing and making the consumer be sort of the choices on them on what they're going to then choose to purchase. And if we look at it from, from an operational perspective, now just imagine the valuable data points and insights that can be obtained by understanding how a product goes through the entire uh, value chain or and the supply chain. And, and this brings about numerous opportunities from operational cost reduction perspective uh, or innovation areas that, that you know, and how, you know, where, where, how can you improve on this? So what would you say are the critical success factors to benefit from these technologies? Yeah, so I would say there are probably three critical success factors. Um, I think the, very, the first one is really including sustainability as a basic principle for the business case. And this is, you know, you're no longer looking at adding sustainability as the key objective, but rather focusing on how the business case in itself is sustainable. So it's looking at, you know, you're not adding um, sustainability as almost a byproduct there or, or it's just a, an add-on, but rather it's the core component of your business case or your new initiative and how does that drive the rest of the organization in terms of innovation or new business models. And I think Nike is a really nice example of that with their 3D printing technology where they're actually looking at, at using um, 3D more from the objective of how do we reduce prototyping waste and in doing that, how do we then have less inventory and less CO2 emissions off the back of that. Um, second, I think it's mapping the technology use cases to the organization's broader sustainability goals. So if we look at, you know, how, how is the organization trying to reduce their emissions, you know, shifting to cloud computing can, can significantly conserve energy use and, re and reduce those emissions. And I think um, equally, it's if we're looking at it from a uh, you know, workplace health, safety, and well-being of the employees, how do you introduce automation to actually reduce any risks and injuries associated from repetitive or inefficient tasks? Um, and the third and probably the, one of the most important uh, critical success, success factors is measuring the success rate of these technologies. So I think having that understanding of the data analytics and insights is critical for organizations to establish, A, the transparency across the value chain, 
you know, to be able to track how that product or service flows through from product design through the supply chain and back. And having that single unified view will really help them establish the areas of focus for not only managing managing the performance of sustainability, but also ensuring that the decisions that have been made, did they have an impact, understanding whether there's more that can be done or do we need to shift the focus? Um, and I think Walmart is a really good example that showcases that as we spoke about. Um, and then measuring success, success means also including tangible sustainability benefits. So what are the energy savings associated with an initiative? What are the reduction in emissions? Cons- water consumption saved? And using these as key metrics when measuring the success rate of technologies that are being introduced or adopted in the organization as well. Um, I was just going to add on to this on the topic of technology. I think it's um, it's really probably the biggest opportunity for us if we're talking purely from a carbon reduction perspective. It's one of the biggest opportunities to reduce our emissions. One thing that's really important is also to acknowledge the impact that technology itself can have. So the greenhouse gas emissions that are coming from the implementation of the various technologies um, that you just mentioned, Natalia. But I think there's one really cool um, initiative. So it's called the Global E-Sustainability Initiative, or JESSE. And what they do is, is that they try to quantify the impact of different technologies on um, on various use cases, on various sectors. So what JESSE does is that they take very tangible metrics, such as the um, abatement of carbon in millions of tons. They also look, they also look at um, the cost savings that are enabled by the technology that is being implemented or even the revenues. And then you can see across, they have a really nice visualization tool and you can see the impact that a specific technology can have um, on different cases like e-commerce, smart manufacturing, smart logistics. And they explain it not only from an environmental environmental perspective, but they also look at um, the the whole lot of the SDGs, so the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, which I find really useful um, to better understand both the negative externalities that you could have by implementing the technology, but also all of the positive opportunities that come from it. Okay, but there is more required. So as observed by Pia Heidemar-Kirk, who's the Chief Sustainability Officer at the Inca Group, she says the key challenge that stands in the way of sustainability is change management. Mark, a question for you. How can change management help retailers be sustainable? Sure. So above all, uh, the people in the organisation are the keys to effective change. Uh, As Sarah mentioned earlier, there are many organisations who have started to deploy sustainability initiatives in pockets. Uh, However, the ambition behind these pockets of activity need to become part of the fabric of the business culture to fully embrace sustainability. Sustainability needs to become a core interconnected component of a business purpose to stand a chance of succeeding. And for many legacy retailers, this will require an enormous amount of cultural change from top to bottom within the organization. Change management has a key role in driving this cultural change. As with all change, there are key enablers to ensure that change sticks. Uh, Clarity of vision being one, buy-in from top to bottom, driving the what's in it for me perspective and being able to provide the right level of support are all crucial to change an organization's culture. And that final part regarding the right level of support is particularly important in my view. 
Sustainability must be promoted as a default behavior and supported throughout the business by motivating employees to champion sustainability in business practices, which will help infuse sustainability into an organization's value chain from the ground up. And it's worth mentioning that even with effective change management, the road to retailers becoming truly sustainable is unlikely to be a quick one. Change management as a discipline should span this entire journey and will have a critical impact on the journey and its success. So change management certainly is a key component to this, and it needs to have a huge amount of longevity behind it to fully change a a retailer's culture. And yes, without it, it could well be a blocker um, to achieving the sustainability goals of the business. So a question for all of you, what does the future look like then? And how should organizations continue to make this a focus? I'm happy to go first. So I think the the recent pandemic has evidenced, although not in ideal circumstances, what is possible when individuals, businesses, communities, ag governments are able to work together to solve a global threat. Uh, COVID has forced brands to work much more closely and transparently transparently with their suppliers, consumers and competitors on economic, environmental and social grounds. This has reinforced the understanding that meaningful industry-wide solutions will only be possible if integration, collaboration and transparency are at the forefront to drive recovery from COVID and focus on the global climate crisis. It can only be done in tandem and although we're seeing pockets, it needs to become both ingrained within a retailer's very purpose but also we need to realise that it needs to span not only their individual value chains but also across other competitors and wider kind of social um, components to be successful. Just to add on to this point, I feel like even in the middle of the crisis, there have been new products that were developed that served both cases. Um, So for example, I really like what Lush did. So they invented a self-timing soap and it dissolves away after exactly 30 seconds. Um, And that's great because it's built precisely for people to clean their hands safely um, at the recommended time. Um, But it also prevents excess water consumption, excess packaging, and et cetera. Um, And I'm sure there are loads of other initiatives and innovations that came about the crisis that we could have mentioned here. Um, But another thing that the crisis has clearly demonstrated is the exposure and the vulnerabilities and the interlinkages of our economies to global shocks, including climate-related ones, but not only, and the necessity to build um, a kind of margin of error into our systems. That's why I think resilience building and risk mitigation will now become a key priority for CPRD companies as they build the safety net um, and they prepare to protect themselves, but also their employees, their cons- their customers, their, the communities they operate in, Um, for the next crisis. It's clear that the importance on sustainable consumption will only continue to gain momentum and, you know, the success of these sustainability initiatives will be determined by how effortless they are to adopt. And so although, yes, the decision does lie with the consumer, responsibility very much remains with organizations. And, you know, I think to support and to really win consumers over today, organizations do need to ensure that sustainability becomes a strategic priority across the the organization's entire value chain. And this means increasing awareness by providing greater transparency on the sustainability of our product or service throughout its life cycle. 
but making sustainability a part of the organization's true purpose. And equally important is actually measuring initiatives in a test and learn manner in order to not only scale successful ones quickly, but also begin to embed sustainability as a key performance indicator. Um, and this opens up opportunities for more in, for innovation and new business models to emerge moving forward, which I think, you know, we're in a really exciting space and it'd be interesting to see what comes off the back of that. That's all we have time for this week. Mark, Natalia and Sara, thank you for your valuable insights and thank you for listening. As always, to stay up to date with our future episodes, you can subscribe to the Cap Gemini podcast using your favorite podcasting apps like SoundCloud, iTunes or Stitch.